Well, what we gonna do right here? We gonna start the show while I work out why I can't hear nothing in my headphones. <laughs> so go back. ahead and cue that music. You never knew you needed. And it's your boy T I M K I N Z, the number three, aka Ass Catch'em, aka Mr. Give It To Me. Woo. How y'all be? How y'all be? I am the Eric J. Only known as the Eric J. And I'm Camille, point guard of the crew, the real life Tifa Lockhart, the girl next door. You know, holding it down for all the women who love sports. Not with us this week. It's Kay Harris, a gentleman. A gentleman. He is uh, just getting back from his birthday trip, so. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. We'll be back. <laughs> be rolling while, uh, while we get the rest of the crew back up. Um, yeah, K. Harris is out this week. It's DMP birthday. Uh, so happy birthday to him. Uh, you know, shout him out on your social medias. Um, yeah, oh, I thought we had him back, but we, we don't. We, we hear you. So in the meantime, I'm going to go right into us. our sports fact of the week. So this, actually, no, I'm going to wait on that because this is special for Camille. <laughs> uh, I'm a vamp for time, so I'm going to say that uh, every week, every Thursday, no, sorry, every Tuesday <laughs> uh, from 6.30 Central Time to around 7 o'clock Central Time, you can tap in with us, uh, <laughs> you know, live on YouTube. Um uh, you know, join in the comments, participate, talk shit, do whatever you want to do. Um, but we we encourage participation from the crowd. So if you can if you can join us every six, every two, I keep wanting to say every Thursday, every Tuesday, yeah. six thirty ish. Um, yeah, we're live here on YouTube. You can also catch us on your favorite podcast uh, audio only uh, platforms. Um, yeah, check us out. Facts on facts on facts on facts. Thanks for holding us down, E, while we uh got back up to speed here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I started to go into the sports fact of the oh, week. Oh, I could hear I you, that. but you couldn't hear me back. So I was like, say it. I can hear you. <laughs> now, listen, I was like, he can't see me. Uh, yeah, so sports fact of the week. Um, it's called soft tennis. thought this would be soft especially interesting tennis. to Camille. So mm. the game overview is that it's a form of regular lawn tennis that can be played indoor or on outdoor courts. What makes it different is a soft, squishy ball, which means that the game is characterized by long rallies instead of powerhouse shots. Mm, so it's more of a stamina-based tennis game. Because if you're going to have some long Sounds rallies, like you're going to be out there for a minute. Hmm. Is the scoring the same as regular uh, tennis? Uh, does it rule not resume. So serves can be played either underarm or overarm. Scoring in-game... Is the same as in lawn tennis. Singles matches are the best of seven games. Doubles are the best of nine. Tie breaks can come into operation at 3-3 or 4-4. And grunting is expressly forbidden. Ah, What? I can't get my Serena? Nah. (laughs) Fuck that noise. (laughs) That might be because the game's greatest strongholds are in Japan and Taiwan, but its appeal is spreading among people who have tried or who have tired of serve and volley big gun tennis. 
Due to its popularity in Asia, soft tennis has been an official sport at the Asian Games since 1994. Yeah. Interesting. That is a that fun up. fact. Yeah, I'm that <laughs> okay. uh, I, I and one last thing about the balls. Pause. Yeah. Um, <laughs> balls should be made of rubber, filled with air, and be diameter. The uh, International Soft Tennis Federation stipulates that the balls should be white in principle, but in practice, they are often yellow and sometimes red. <laughs> Tim is so immature. <laughs> Ask me about the mat. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me about my squishy balls. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, if you're not watching the video, you this man over here doing the gestures. <laughs> right, right. Okay. I heard you already told the folks that they need to be listening, ch- tapping in with us when we go live. I was sitting here trying to share it on all my socials to get people up in here. So appreciate you taking that on while we were going through some technical difficulties, no pun intended. Game that needs a name. Now, if you are new here, the game that needs a name is the actual name of a game we play every week. Yes, it is. <laughs> it doesn't really need a name. Mm-mm. That is the name. The game that needs a name. It's, I fuck with the name. Right. That's why we, we end up keeping it, because we didn't have a name for it. Anyway, y'all get the, y'all get the idea. You get that. <clears throat> we pick a topic, and then we go around and see who can be the last person standing. You get about five seconds or so to answer or to say something related to the topic. Rapid fire. We go around and around and around. No repeats. Last person standing wins. Any suggestions for this week's topic for the game that needs a name? Mm. We could do, we could do all stars NBA all stars. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we could. That's fine. I was trying to think something black for black. I mean, most of them would be black. <laughs> <laughs> what you say, E? Uh, uh, I say who's gonna fact check it? The all stars, like your brain. I'm, I'm shit. You, you, you probably know. No, that's probably to be too hard. Um, so what y'all saying? Well, whatever. Uh, I mean, I'm fine with that. But uh, black things. What did we do last week? Comedians. Yep. Yep. And then before that, we did musicians. We didn't do sitcoms yet. Though. Uh, we haven't done black sitcoms. I don't think we did yet. Did we? I don't recall doing. Okay. I mean, we, so sitcoms with a black lead. Let's call it that. Holy shit! Oh wait, that reframe. No, I said that made a little bit tough. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> so black sitcoms would still fall into that bucket because they, they would be led by. Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, what order? Because like then we get into an issue of like, how do you define a black sitcom? Oh. Like, is the Cosby Show a black sitcom or yes, a regular sitcom? Because it changes. No, the, it's like a black situation. <laughs> Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Some people in America might be mad at that, but like if it's a black cast, it's a black sitcom. It's sorry. I agree with your mama. Right. <laughs> we, do we want to go in tech order since it's just us three? Sure. So then Tim, Eric, then me, and then we keep bouncing. Sure. For sure. I right? think I have a lag, but yeah, we can go. Hold on. Uh one, two, three. I don't think four, five, six. Not oh, that bad. That's not bad. That's, that's like not a, bad. a second. Okay. Go ahead, Tim. Okay. Girlfriends. One on one. Oh damn. Martin. Half and half. Fresh Prince. Eve. All of us. Cosby Show. Different world. Lemon single. Different strokes. Jamie Foxx show. Does Lemon Color count? It's on a sitcom. That's his uh, 
Sans sécan. C'est cash cow. Damn. Uh, uh... Famous Jet Jackson. Is that a sick? I feel like it's a sitcom. Uh, did somebody say living? Uh, I said living color. Yeah. I said living. No, oh, living single. He said it. Okay, well I'm out there. Oh, I was gonna end with uh, the Wayans brothers. <laughs> so that's two in a row for me. <laughs> I feel like we should fact check this living color. It's a sketch comedy. It's like in line with like. Oh, I'm sorry, not that one. The famous Jet Jackson. Because <laughs> I don't feel like it was a continuous story. I feel like he changed who he's saving every other day. Let's see. Let's see if we're better call it a sitcom. Three seasons, Famous Jet Jackson. Genre, action, adventure, comedy, drama. Mm. A coming of age no television. Yeah, no sitcom. Coming of age. Cousin television. Skeeter would have been better. Yep. I used to fuck Cousin Skeeter too. Bill Bellamy had his little run, bro. I, I didn't like that show either. I loved Cousin Skeeter. I did oh, but I fucked with Bill Bellamy too, though. I did too, but I, I would rather watch How to Be a Player. I'm not trying to watch yeah. Cousin Skeeter, and I was like eight. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm about to watch And that. Megan Good was on that mug. Mm-hmm. No appeal. Yeah, to I, I hated her character. And then, uh, <laughs> puberty happened. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm in now. <laughs> I'm back. That's it. <laughs> Where that girl come from again? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the to the sports topics that we have for we only got a couple things, really. I mean, the NFL season has ended. We are at all-star break. We don't have any NBA games until Thursday. Baseball is in spring training or about to start, so it ain't really I was actually shaking. shocked they were starting. I said, Oh, it is that time of the year. Mm-hmm. So we got what we got. We're gonna get through it. I mean, shoot, we did a whole, we never stopped during the pandemic and they want no sports. So we don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Do y'all ever reflect on that? Time mm-hmm. All like, the time. All the time. I've even, like, when I be telling people about our show, every now and then I be like, dude, like, we've been doing this so long. We was going through the pandemic. How'd you do that? We figured it out. <laughs> we would be sitting there like, what are we going to talk about? There is nothing, like, just updates on the sport world. Like, maybe games are coming back. <laughs> we heard, uh, they might be starting back soon. <laughs> Till then, uh, did you watch this, Doc? <laughs> Thank you, Michael Jordan and uh, ESPN yeah. for the last dance. That saved us during uh, the pandemic. At least five weeks worth, <laughs> five weeks worth of content. <laughs> Pre-recorded joints, too. Oh, <laughs> All right, so we're going to start off. The bridge to the bubble. Right, Mm -hmm. right. And that bubble was wild. One thing I'll say uh, that we're going to ready to talk about, like our NBA check-in, things that have stood up to us over the last week. One thing that's cool about having this show and that we've been doing it since 2017 now at this point, Mm -hmm. it's like having a live sports diary, and I can always just go back and see how I felt in real time about something. That's true. Which is I never considered that. Time a blessing and a curse. Like I'll literally like look up something that happened, find the date, and find the show that corresponds to it, and be like, "Oh, that's how we felt about it at that time." Which, oh, that sounds like a fun exercise. It's fun sometimes. Yeah, when, when the Nets, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say when the Nets blew up, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I called this. So <laughs> go, back, go back and be like, "Yeah, I did. I said that. I knew. I knew." Uh, Where I get into trouble is like, did I say it in the group chat or did I actually say it out? Oh loud? wow, yeah, yeah. That's the other part. <laughs> yeah. So Tim. Why don't you kick us off with your one thing that has stood out to you it's in the NBA world over the last week? Uh, so just it's just one thing that got me tripping. <clears throat> I feel like these folks out here that are complaining, the media heads, 
the old folk, the superstars, whoever you want to, the legends, complaining about where the you know what? Let me start. Let me let me go, let me take that back. The All Star Game itself happened this past weekend. There you go. Bring them in the right way, Tim. There you go. <laughs> go start in the middle. Start at the beginning. <laughs> And with the All-Star Weekend, of course, there came a lot of complaints about a lot of shit. But the game, Team Giannis won. They beat Team LeBron. I think it was like 184 to 176 or some shit like that. Couple things from the game. One, I am now on... I've been there a little bit, but I'm really on board now with... Y'all wasting our fucking time out here bullshitting not playing in this All-Star game. So there was a comment that was made that actually put something in perspective. Now, granted, they didn't bring this particular workout up, but Stephen A. was talking about the effort of the game. And he brought up, you guys work harder in practices, right? Mm. My, what made me, I didn't go to the practices. What I went to was the entire fucking spectacles they like to put on for the pro-ams. Preseason, y'all putting on selling out gyms, putting in hard working games against nobodies. Nobodies. Y'all out here cooking niggas. <laughs> nobodies. I got 44, 10, and 12. Man, that was a hell of a game. They almost lost to these dudes who only played D1. But against an all star game, y'all wanna do shit. That's not fair to the fans. You can give the fans a spectacle in the offseason. You can give the fans a spectacle in the preseason. You can give the fans a spectacle in the layup line. But when it comes to the actual all-star game, y'all want to pull back and chill. Uh, I don't want it. Uh, I ain't got it. Uh, I don't want to get hurt. You motherfuckers could get hurt in these games <laughs> that y'all playing over the summer against nobody. So I don't, I don't like, when I heard that, I was like, I went to the programs. I was like, you know what? There's a point to be made there. Y'all not getting paid for the pro-ams. You still can get the high risk of injury during these pro-am games against the nobodies. So using that as an excuse now is null and void. Mm -hmm. You do, A lot of the excuses that's been made for players to not play the all I'm saving myself for the rest of the season. You should have saved yourself for the preseason. You should have saved yourself for the regular team. Y'all still pulling hamstrings, ACLs and shit like that in the offseason too because y'all working out hard as shit to get in shape to come to camp in shape. You work harder than you do for the game that's showing appreciation to you. So I don't like that. I really do wish that they would try. Like at one point they had everybody standing around watching Jalen Brown versus Jason Tatum. Cool. Understandable. Because everybody want to see the Probably the best moment of the game. Right. It was the one-on-one. -on -one. Everybody, oh shit. But there was literally Bam on the court like this. <laughs> with arms folded. Chilling. It's 10 motherfuckers on the sideline. Chilling. Ain't y'all supposed to be on the court? Eight. Chilling. Nothing two was hooping. So, I go back to my original statement. I wish that they would try harder because it's not fair to the fans who are flying out to these events, who are paying money for these hotels, who are sitting in front of their uh, TVs or ducking their families and shit to come watch the shit. For y'all motherfuckers to step. Shea Gilders Alexandra had at least 10 wide open layups that he turned around and passed the ball off to somebody else. Go get your bucket, bro. And then got mad that LeBron blocked him. Well, that's your goddamn fault. You could have been had points. Don't get mad because LeBron blocked you once. Tell us, I got something for that. Ah. You should have been had 20. You wouldn't have cared about that two. <laughs> you wouldn't have. But you cared about the two because you only had seven. Because you passed the other seven wide open. Sometimes you sound like Bernie Mac to me. <laughs> and I... <laughs> Fuck him. <'em. laughs> that's what I'm talking about. 
I ain't got nothing else to say to you. <laughs> you motherfuckers need to go out here and play your game. No more bullshit. No more bullshit. <laughs> My, I don't know if that's even the counter. Um, I feel like people who go to All-Star Weekend now, first of all, it's not like normal fans are priced to go to the game to watch this. It's people who got the bankroll to be able to go to the game. And really, they're going for the experience more so than the game. You're really going to All-Star Weekend because, for the most part, you want to hit the after set. You want to just be in the scene. It's people around. You just kind of want to be in that. And, uh, yes, this year's All-Star Game lacked a lot of excitement. Last year's game, if I remember correctly, also lacked excitement. It was over early because when it got to the fourth quarter and the Elam ending, it didn't matter too much. It, the lead was too too big. But first year of the Elam ending, the game was close throughout. So when the fourth quarter came, it really got to it. If this game was closer when the fourth came, I think they probably would have gotten a little bit more serious about it. But it just never, it never got close. So by that point, they were kind of like, man, whatever. We're just trying to get out of here healthy. And to your point about the pro-ams and stuff, even when they just do practices and gyms in the summer, like they going hard. But I guess one could argue that's in the summertime. This is in the middle of the season. Like me getting hurt at All-Star is a bigger detriment to my team than me getting hurt in the summer where I have a little bit more time to recover. Like when we come back from All-Star break, you got 25 games max mm-hmm. left to go. And it's time to get ready for that playoff push. So they really trying to to get get where they got to get to because the conversation around the NBA has changed from just admiring great players to if you ain't got a ring, your career was nothing. So it's kind of hard to blame players for changing how they approach things when their whole career is judged by if they have a ring or not. Once we lost the, uh, dang, I can't find the right word. I know the word and I can't think of it. The what? Perspective. Perspective ain't it, but it works in this situation. <laughs> the nuance. We lost a lot of nuance in our basketball debates and conversations. And once we lost that nuance, that's the word I was looking for, things changed. Like, think about how Barkley was perceived in the 90s when he was actually playing. And I say him because his birthday just passed. I just watched a Barkley clip. Um, when he was hooping, 6'5", power forward, cold. You can't cold. you can't tell nobody who watched Barkley actually hoop that that man wasn't special. But you ask people now about Barkley's career, and like, he never won nothing. He never won nothing. There's a lot of people that never won nothing. Come on now, bro. So, like, I get, I definitely get your point, but it, it feels to me like we're in a... I don't know how everybody can get what they want because of how we frame success in the NBA now. Yeah. Uh, Camille, you took the words right out of my mouth. Those were exactly the only thing I'll add is that uh, also it, it's more money at stake now. Like, yeah, a lot more. These dudes make a lot of money, and if you get hurt, in a game that quote unquote doesn't mean anything, like you can cost yourself a whole lot of money. So like I get why it's like, it's the middle of the season. Like actually that's the reason why like low management is a thing because like the more stress and fatigue yep. you put on your body, the more susceptible you are to injury. So like, yeah, in the off season, you're a bit more recuperated. Um, and also you have time to kind of fuck around. If like you, you sprain an ankle, you can just take a week off. You sprain an ankle now, you fall That's in the standards. You, you know what I mean? Like in the stretch run when your team is trying to, you know, jockey for playoff positioning or whatever. Uh, so I understand why they would want to look at it in the middle of the season and be like, hey, you know what? 
let's just take it easy. This don't help my team at all. Um, and to Camille's point, it's like I'm judging on championship. So if I put myself at a dis, if I put my team at a disadvantage by getting hurt, then we might not win a title. So it's the long view of the season, careers, whatever. Mm-hmm that people are more likely to be like, eh, you know what, cost-benefit analysis, I'm not going to go hard. <laughs> like, they had Luca, like, Luca mic'd up at some point in the first half, and he's every time somebody came near him, he's like, okay, let's not get hurt, let's not get hurt. He's <laughs> like, yeah, that's, the, that's why nobody's playing defense. So everybody's like, hey, I don't want anybody landing on my foot, turn the ankle, I don't want to, like, run into anybody, crack a rib. Like, Giannis just got hurt, like, running into the stanchion. You know what I mean? Like, so... And think about how many stars either came in, hobbled, or just straight up missed the game. Like, like Joel B was like, hey, they've been telling me to rest my foot for mm-hmm. a month. But Giannis here I come. played a possession and came out. LeBron hit his hand, came out. Steph, not there. KD, not there. Uh, Zion, not there. AD didn't make the team because he got hurt. Like, it's... People are way more apt to err on the side of caution at this point and I get it 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 sucks for the entertainment factor Mm -hmm. Um, but this is what sports like Stephen A. Smith talking about LeBron oh you Mr. Roboto right now fam (laughs) como arigato como (laughs) eh eh como eh eh (laughs) (laughs) scratching and mixing my nigga (laughs) <laughs> no, you done froze. Now nah, I like your smile though. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear, I hear what y'all saying. It, and it's, it's, it's a no win. Like, oh, he's, he's, he's trying. Hold on, let's text him. He's trying. <laughs> he's trying to fight through it, bro. Don't hold my man's back. Let him loose. Let him live. <laughs> no, okay, so I guess while we try to figure out Eric. Here's my question then, because they're going to add a mid-season tournament. That's coming. Mm-hmm. How do they approach that then? They're going to have to make some kind of incentive with it. Somehow, some way, some shape, some form. I saw The Athletic had an article where they were polling players at All-Star Weekend about certain things. Mm-hmm. And one thing they did ask about was, like, how do you feel about a mid-season tournament? The foreign players, the international players, were kind of like, well, like, we're used to that. So, Eric got to mute something. <laughs> But uh, they were asking them like how they felt about it, mm-hmm. and uh, the foreign, the international players were like, "No, we're used to stuff like that. Like we have mid-season tournaments and a lot of different things. So like, cool, bring it on. That's cool." And other players were like, "I need to see exactly what y'all are talking about because right now I don't, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know." So they have to figure out a way to incentivize it or make those games count towards the 82. I don't know how they're gonna do it, but that ain't my job yes. to figure out. Um, well, which leads me to actually number two, part two of my All-Star Weekend rant. <clears throat> there was a lot of complaints because it was in Utah. <laughs> Lots of complaints with that it was in Utah to the point where they was on air broadcasting telling Charles Barkley, speaking of the devil, all these people going to heaven. And that was funny. You can't drink. You, you can't, can't smoke. smoke. <laughs> you can't do nothing here. But go to hell. All these people is going to heaven. Shaq come up some. That's the most room service he ever ordered in his life. And things of that nature. I'll go to another fairness argument. There are what, 30 teams in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. Why can't at least... If the, so here's my argument. 
if there's 30 teams in the NBA, that means there's 30 teams putting money in the NBA's pocket. There's 30 cities putting money in the NBA's pocket. Well, some cities have two teams. Okay. You still have a but every I, team that has a 30, city. There's 30 teams right. putting money in the pocket. Every city with a team, I feel, would be fair to host an all-star game at some point. Because of the fact that the revenue that they're bringing in already, I'm sure that the cities wouldn't mind having some of that revenue come back to them. And even though they're fulfilling the public, publicly funded stadiums thing, which is why they had Utah, which is why they got Indiana, which is why they probably will end up with Milwaukee in probably 2026. Not probably not 25, because I think Vegas is trying to get 25. They ain't got no team in Vegas. How they going with the All-Star? Didn't they have an All-Star game there before? Not to my knowledge that the men have been. I think they only go to NBA markets. They may get one. I know I saw LA put in a bid for <laughs> or 2025. LA. It was LA. Yeah. Not, not, not Vegas. Not Vegas, LA. yeah. But I feel like that if you have an NBA team, it's not too much to ask to at one point in time or another to host the NBA All-Star game. With the amount of people that you have, the fans there, their, their superstars probably there. And if it's not say la vie, eventually they'll get somebody there. But why not give the other teams and other places a chance? Y'all complain about it all you want to, shit, this, that, and the third. But people in Milwaukee are excited with the prospect of having an all-star game here. People in Indiana, I'm sure, are excited with the prospect of the all-star game coming there next year. I'm sure Utah was excited this year that the NBA all-star game was there. It's only fair to me if the NBA or that city is putting money into the NBA's pocket and houses a team that the NBA should be willing to give them an all-star game. I, I feel that. So all of those players that were complaining or the all of the legends or all of the media folk, Stephen A every year when he complaining about what he got to go for the fucking playoffs, don't matter, bro. They good enough to get there. Get your ass there. I feel like that's the, that's that's really was my big bug all weekend. I'm like, yeah, old heads going to talk shit. People going to do this. That, but don't shit on the city because of the fact that you don't want to be there. It's fair enough for them to get that city. They put the bid in. They put the millions and billions of dollars, probably publicly funded. So seventy percent yeah. of that stadium was funded by the public, anyways. Who still turn around and put money in the NBA's pocket? That's fair. Other than that, it was alright. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, I'm gonna throw it to you in a second. But just to wrap up Tim's points. Team Giannis defeated Team LeBron 184 to 175. Jason Tatum was named MVP. He had 55 points, set a new all-star record for points in the game. Tatum is now the first player in NBA history to have a 50-point game in a regular season game, a playoff game, and an all-star game. Mm. And if you want to add a little razzle-dazzle in there, he also had one in the play-in tournament game. So he's, he's done it everywhere, folks. Pause. The Milwaukee Bucks, as we mentioned, have submitted a bid to host either the 2025 or 26 All-Star Game at Pfizer Forum. We opened that arena back in 2018. Would have thought we got it sooner, but no. No, hasn't happened. I really do hope we get the game because let me tell y'all something. If Milwaukee get an All-Star Game, oh my goodness, this city is a... It's going to be people saying, I ain't know that many black people live in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. We're going to be like, we've been trying to tell it's a city in America. Yes, black people live here. Come on now. I said, I'm trying to position us to get in, get in the building somewhere, some shape, form, fashion, somehow. I don't know if I would want to be there to work. I don't want to be there to be turned. I just think I ain't when I am. I mean, if you got a music adventure, you can't be turned. Tim. with your... Go ahead. Who is this nigga? <laughs> me. Can y'all hear? Yeah, we can hear you. Go ahead. Sorry. Y'all can hear me? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Um. 
shit. I'm trying to do like audio on one thing, so that I'm hearing my own voice. There you go. Uh, hold on, let me. All right, am I straight? You straight? Mm-hmm. You good? Good. Yep. No? Okay. Oh, you can't right. hear. Um. Yeah, I, I was cooking. Like when I was getting to my point. I could tell. Yeah. He was working, he was working <laughs> up to it. I could tell. They don't want you to be great. <laughs> uh, Stephen A pulled the plug because I was definitely about to go in on him. I was saying he was talking about how LeBron had ruined the dunk contest. Stephen A ruined sports, uh, sports discussions, sports media, sports debate. Like everything has to be adversarial now. Everything has to be like an off the wall take. Everything has to be like all or nothing. It's like it can't like you, like Camille said. There's no nuance anymore. Mm-hmm. There's no like okay, I see your, I made this three, but. Part of what you say, I, I I get where you're going. Right. I get the logic of it. Like it's all like, this is the worst thing ever. This is the best thing ever. This person is way better than this person or whatever. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you turn that conversation. Like nobody wants to be embarrassed anymore. Nobody wants to have people talk shit because they try and they fail. Like so, it's just like fuck it, why try? Like mm-hmm. or you know, take the long view and be like, okay, if nothing else matters but a championship, then fuck it, nothing else matters but a championship. Like this is what sports the sports media landscape has brought like you know this is sticking something coming on the roofs whatever you want to call it like this this is where we are as a, as a not a society but like a society of sports fans this is where yep. this is where we're at now the sports community yep. um yeah so that, that brings my larger point my, my one thing Stephen A on your hey. ass oh <laughs> Cause you, you <laughs> goddamn weekend, every aspect. Like, to, <laughs> what happened? You started roboting again, but then you came back. back. But you Tim, came back. Tim was saying huh. Stephen A on on your <laughs> ass, boy. He ain't letting you say nothing this week. Uh, anyway, I was saying that old niggas was hating, like the whole weekend. Like to Tim's point, like people were hating on Salt Lake City. People were hating on, you know players in the game people were hating on the dunk contest people were hating on three point like just hate like that's another thing that i don't like about nba media is like it's so detrimental to the product like if you look at the nfl and like how espn specifically covers the nfl like it's always positive to the point where it's like y'all fucking cheerleaders but that gets people excited about watching the games that gets people excited about the players so, like, if, if all people hear is you talking about, well, this player who's the greatest player playing now isn't this great that retired 30 years ago, like, the fans are going to take what you say and look at it and be like, yeah, no, he not Jordan. No, he not, you know, Kareem. No, he not Magic Johnson. It's like, you don't even have, one, you shouldn't be comparing him in the first place, but two, like, even if you are, it should always be like, this is the next evolution. This is, mm-hmm. he's different, but this is why he's great. You know what I mean? Like, but if all they hear is the dunk contest sucks, nobody wants to do it anymore, or somebody goes and tries and it's like, oh, well, he ain't do it as good as this person did it 25 years ago, this is where the conversation gonna be. And then you start shitting on like, I hear Draymond, <laughs> so it's not just old niggas, it's, it's people in the league now, I hear Draymond during the skills competition or a three-point competition or a dunk contest, like, oh, that's that's weak, that's this, that's that, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, who is this for besides yourself? <laughs> like, who is, this, who is this benefit? It's not benefiting the people at home. It's not benefiting the players on the court. 
you just hate him for no reason. Kenny Smith, like, oh, I don't know. They, they ain't a, that is, that's a 49. It's not a 50 in my book. What are we doing here? What made him lose one point, bro? <laughs> <laughs> what made him 1.0? Because you just didn't want to give him props. Like, I get it. You know, like, show me what you got, but don't be talking about, like, oh, no, that, that's weak. Or he can't possibly do whatever. It's like, can y'all stop being hate? Like, Shaq is infamous for it. Like, all he, he do is hate on new big men. He's so insecure. It comes off as insecurity. Because, like, anytime he's threatened as the most dominant big man, you got to talk shit about the people to bring him down. Or, like, that's his way of motivating people. It's like, yeah, maybe that motivates you. But, again, like, that's a conversation that you have privately. Or you have in, like, a closed environment where it doesn't get out into the public. And like affect the way people look at it. Like he ruined JaVel McGee's career <laughs> for a large part of the time because all he did was like Shaq to the Or you know, Dwight Howard's like, you're not as good as me. And like everybody takes that to heart. Like, yeah, he probably ain't. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like he's a new star that's trying to push the league forward. And you like got your thumb on him. Hey. He's still on his ass. Still, like, apparently he did something during the <laughs> he broadcast. did he did like, he did because he said something about that his team had just lost in Taiwan he said how he losing in Taiwan he said how are you keeping up on the you spending more time watching Taiwan than you actually believe they said you spending more time watching that than you do the NBA and he was like no I'm just because he's a hater <laughs> <laughs> Shaq in the fool mm, mm, mm. Uh, uh, I love uh, Trump you said Barkley was drunk? Or at least he seemed drunk. <laughs> I mean, it's his birthday. I'll give him a pass. But at the same time, it's like, bro. He's trying to be like Tim at the, when he get the media pass, fam. That, uh, that, that's what we talking about. Bro, we just, we was chilling. What you talking about? I ain't going to be in with him, bro. I'll be chilling. You just said. <laughs> Listen, I said I was going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be happy. Enjoying myself. Tim Barkley. Uh, this is only tangentially <laughs> related, but Jalen Rose talking about a hundred dollars is the is, is the for appropriate haircut? price for a, no. a, a haircut. I'm like, nigga, oh, shut you up. are out of touch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, he's barbering. I need a hundred bucks. Like, yeah, I ain't gonna become nobody damn here. Like, niggas already whacking. Like, that is not. That it is used not to be twenty. Rate, like, Eric, I, I know you. You can still get lines up, lined up, and everything. How much did it cost you to get a line up? Uh, twenty five. Damn. Just the lineup. Twenty five for a line and a taper. Damn. How much you pay for a cut? I think the line is twenty, and then if I add a taper, it's twenty five. Twenty five with a five dollar tip. I get paid thirty for my cut. The whole thing. God damn. It, was, it used to be ten dollars for yeah. a line. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just. That hit. Give me a little. Twenty five. That's a whole cut. I think my husband paid thirty five. That should include the face, <laughs> the eyebrows. What a hot towel at. <laughs> I do get that. God damn. <laughs> they out here. Yeah, and that, that's that's still cheap. For haircuts. Like, that's something that just started happening in the last couple of years. Yeah. Like, it wasn't always. Like the tip was baked into the price. Before. Yeah. Like, now it's like, hey, hey, my, hey, what's my tip? Like, don't pay it because you're doing work. But yeah. It's like. But damn, ain't that, ain't that oh, what I'm here for? I did not pay you. I ain't got it, man. You said cut and line in the twenty five. You actually five more. As a as a black woman who has been going to uh, beauty shops since I was thirteen, so I was 30, 20 years of beauty shops. Uh, welcome, first off, <laughs> to the pain. 
of these inflated prices. <laughs> that is why I currently love going where I go to get my hair retwisted and done because my beautician is not one that says you better come with your hair already washed and dried, yeah. which I've had those experiences in the past. She does it all. It's a full service shop and I do not mind paying her what she asked for and giving her that tip because it is still cheaper than what some of these other quote-unquote beauticians be out here charging for the gram. I asked my daughter's uh, stylist on Saturday. Took her hair. I was like, listen. I like, her mama didn't tell me the last minute to take her hair down, so I took her hair down and we got done at like midnight, 9, 12.30. I like, but I ain't wash her hair though. Is you want to know that I got to wash her hair too? I like, can I borrow your sink? <laughs> She was like, no, I'll wash her hair. <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't know if these, I know these new people, they be wanting you to come pre-washed, all your shit down, kind of half-pressed. Blow-dried out already. All so of that, easier. just that way you can run right, a comb like, through it. <laughs> that'll be $50, please. Right, right. She was like, no, I'll do all of that. Okay, okay, cool, I'm leaving it. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I took my daughter to the beautician one time, like that, I don't even know, like there's systems going on that I'm not even like, I'm like, I don't know what's going, it's just chaos. But apparently like there's, there's a thing going on that I just, I'm not privy to. I don't know what's going on. I'm just like. How one person working on six heads? Over here, one client over here, she's like, I'm gonna get you in a second. And this person come in and then they talk about this. That Like, it's just a whole lot of everything going on. I'm just like, I don't know what's going on right now. I wish my barber would be cutting three heads at one time. It's been times where you, they'll start your head, they'll wash you and they put you under the dry and they start someone else's head and then your hair be dry, dry. And they still working on somebody. You be like, hey, I've been under this dryer for about an hour now. I know my hair is ready to continue Mm -mm, You need another hour. No, girl, you can just keep sitting here. It's Your all- shit crunchy under there now. <laughs> like, dang. Now I got heat damage because I've been sitting here all day. It sounded like a bag of potato chips. Right. Where's the moisture <laughs> at? Eric, did you have anything else in regards to the old niggas hating that All-Star Weekend that you wanted to get off your chest? Uh, um, like, this is going to be hating for a but, like, why is Carbon on All-Star Weekend? You said what now? Like, why? This is going to be hating, but why is Carbon on All-Star Weekend? Like, I know why he's there, because it's in Utah. But, oh, like, come along. why are we as the NBA community, huh? I got keep keep rolling. Why are we as the NBA community still accepting Carl Malone's presence at anything? He said, fuck you. Like, he did. we've <laughs> gone, huh? He said, fuck you. Carl Malone said, like, I don't care what <laughs> y'all talking about. Fuck what y'all about. talking about. <laughs> it's my life. I live this bit. And he was hating at the dunk contest. Like, every round, like, every dunk, he had the lowest score for everybody. You know why I'm here. <laughs> no, we don't. Please explain. To hate. <laughs> oh, so. Never mind. I ain't going to go there. So, but, yeah. To your Carl uh, Malone point, when I saw the NBA said they were going to honor LeBron again, I said, this man has had two celebrations already for him breaking the all-time scoring record, and I get that it's a milestone. But NBA, y'all didn't have to do something at All-Star Weekend. And I know why y'all did it. It's because you were able to have Karl Malone, Kareem, and LeBron, the top three scorers in NBA history all together. But you didn't have to do it. We had already honored the man. There's no reason that y'all have to bring Karl Malone out and parade him around like he's some ambassador for the sport. You don't want him being an ambassador for nothing that y'all got going on. The man impregnated a 13-year-old when he was 20. I know him a fuck. He had twins, didn't care about them. <laughs> like, he also, I saw, because people were bringing this stuff up, 
He also disrespected Vanessa Bryant, which I forgot completely about. Yep, chasing little Mexican girls. Yep. He was wearing hunting gear at a game, and she said, oh, like, what, what are you hunting? And he said, little Mexican girls, and looked at her. And then later on, apparently, he hit on her when they were just on the phone by themselves. It was her first time talking to him without anyone else around, and he was sitting there being sexually suggestive to her. Like, I know you like me. And she's like, as a, as my friend's husband, sure. He's like, no, you know what I'm talking about. Like, dude, dude's a creep. He's a creep. Mm. And they poke Kareem. They keep dragging his ass out <laughs> to celebrate LeBron. <laughs> One thing- oh, my God, hey, bro. I know you don't want to be out here keep celebrating this shit. No, Kareem actually is cool with it he said something that was like that's the way you got to think about it one he said what we've been saying which is like my basketball legacy i don't care as much about as my social legacy like mm-hmm. the last 20 years has been all about how i can improve the world that's what's most important mm-hmm. but two he was like magic made a comment saying like i know he don't want lebron breaking his record in the same uniform that he was in and cream here cream was like maybe if it was like 10 years after i broke it i probably would have felt that way but like it's been a very long time that i've held this record He's like, and if I won a billion dollars 30 years ago and then somebody won $2 billion now, I still won. Like, that does not affect the check that I had got. So he looked, he said that, you know, LeBron has mentioned that we don't have a relationship, and he's right, we didn't. But I also figured he wouldn't want to hang around with somebody who's two times, like, double his age. But he last on me. We're working on having a better relationship. He was, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm really proud of him. I'm happy he broke the record. That's what records are supposed to Records are to be broken. I'm glad that mine stood for as long as it did, but now it's going to be a whole nother generation of people getting inspired by this new record that was broken. It's going to keep being that way. I don't know if this one's going to be broken. And, and, I mean, like, if you look at it, though, like, in totality, like, honestly, it's better that it was broken while he was living because, like, now Facts. people have a greater appreciation for what he's done. And he's there to be able to see people be like, man, you know, Kareem set this record that stood for 30-some-odd years. Look how great he was. Look at look back at his career. Look at what he's done for basketball, like in his life, and he gets to hear these things. Like it's it, you know, like too often things are you know things don't happen until people pass away, and then they get their flowers and they get their appreciation. Like he's here to hear it. Like it doesn't take anything away from what he accomplished in his basketball career that LeBron has now surpassed it. It just like people have seen LeBron, people experienced LeBron. They see like what LeBron had to do for 20 years to get to this point, and it puts it in perspective. It's like, damn, Kareem did that 30 years ago. 39. That's when he broke the record. I double checked. 1984 is 39 years ago. That record stood for yeah. almost 40 years. Yeah. And LeBron just so, each like, year he plays <laughs> just extended it. He gonna push it to 40. <clears throat> but then you got people like Shaq who you know. <laughs> are insecure about their position in history and then they got to shit on everybody that comes after him. Shaq only love Giannis. That's the only player I've seen him be like, yeah. This is the greatest. Giannis, he, he can be Superman. He can be oh. Superman. I don't mind that. And that's only because he wants to think that he would have been Giannis if he had give, been given the freedom to do what Giannis does. I mean, he it's has like, some yeah, he, Huh? Shaq could dribble a little bit when he was, you know. <laughs> All, all I think about is him and Mike playing that little one-on-one game. Oh, when he was on the Magic when he was young and mm-hmm. agile. And that's, he, he could dribble a little bit then. Lakers Shaq would not. Lakers Shaq was like 350. Lakers Shaq. Shaq just wanted to push you on the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted to get your move. We can we can move on, but if you haven't seen Shaq's uh, biography, like his docuseries on HBO, it's actually really, really good. And he was mentioning that like when he got to he like, you know, when I got the Lakers, I just wanted to put all this weight on because like who can really stop me? I started realizing like the bigger I am, the harder it is to stop me. And it cut to like Rick Fox or some other teammate and they was like, nah, he was just out of shape. <laughs> <laughs> and I, the fact they kept it in a documentary, I was like, 
I like this. Yes. 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 Keep it in here. Like, he was out of shape. I, I got one. Oh, sorry. I got one last thing on All Star, and it's not about Hayden at all. But I just want to give appreciation to Janelle Monet and Tim's and the whole black Af- African Afrobeats. You have time show. Because, first of all, it's high comedy having an Afrobeats halftime show in Salt Lake City of all places. I'm sorry. I don't think about that. Hold on. That was Hold on, E. Perfect. Hold on, E. Yo, uh, yo, you no robotic again. Mm-hmm. He's breaking up, so I'm gonna just repeat hey. real back real quick for I know what she was saying. Shout out I to Janelle Monet. <laughs> Shout out to Tim's mm-hmm. because the Yams was yamming. Mm-hmm. Shout out to everybody at the halftime show because mm-hmm. Afrobeats in Utah, like you text us, is hilarious mm-hmm. to think about they doing the Afrobeat show in Utah. Salt Lake City, Utah got the Afrobeat show. That audience was sitting there like, what is going Man, on? Man, except for the African players. All the African <laughs> vibing, players out there like <laughs> Fuck, this is my shit. Hey, I was vibing too. Like, that's my shit too. Man. As soon as I heard Burner Boy do that, yeah. I was oh like, ah, I love this song. Bur- so I fuck with Burner Boy. I didn't know he looked like Jay Crowder until I saw him. I don't think he do like Jay Crowder. That's that's crazy. First time I heard that song was at the end of uh, one of the BET Awards shows. Because he was walking down. He was performing at the end. Like, one, oh, he on his way out. This We have an after party. And he was performing, yeah, yeah, on the way into that. Me and Sam was like, this shit bang, bro. Who, who is this? After that, we've been a Burner Boy face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Afro Beats is, yeah, I've been, I've been yeah. The, uh, used to be fire. The, the woman who sang the Canadian National Anthem, too, I think it was. Yes! Was it July Black, I think her name was? Mm-hmm. Uh, so made a mm-hmm. comment, because like, the commentator couldn't even announce her properly, because he was too caught up in the yams. He was like, not the, uh, <laughs> uh, down for okay. Uh, <laughs> he was looking at that script and looked up like God did. <laughs> he was moving with the ass. <laughs> so to wrap up the All Star discussions, uh, DK Metcalf he won the All Star Celebrity MVP award. That game was actually really fun. Team Paul won the Jordan Rising Stars game. Jose Alvarado. Jose. 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 Jose was the MVP. Team Jazz won the skills competition. Damian Lillard won the three-point contest, and Mac McClung won the dunk contest. And I would like to sum up my thoughts on how I felt about All-Star Saturday night with what I said about All-Star Saturday night last year because the conversation around it is very, very irritating. So I'm just going to – you ain't got to – I don't even need to talk. I'm going to just play. This is me back in uh, February 23rd, 2022. Or not 2022. Wait. Yeah, yes. that's right. That's right here. Damn, two days. You only off two days. Right, so here we go. <laughs> I don't think All-Star Saturday night is as bad as Eric was saying. I don't necessarily think it was as good as, as you were saying. Oh, no, I'm either. not saying it was amazing. Okay, because you were saying <laughs> okay, so No, because like, the dumb contest takes it all the way down to at least a 50%. <laughs> like, that shit was god-awful, but I didn't want No, fuck that. <laughs> My thing with that is, when it comes to the All-Star Weekend, um, and just in general, like, the NFL Pro Bowl is trash. We all know it's trash. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the NBA All-Star Weekend can be hit or miss. Some some weeks you're going to, or some years you're going to get a really exciting Saturday night. And I always feel like the, the talk about the dunk contest is a little overblown mm-hmm. because that's how the dunk contest has always worked. Like, there's always, like, a really great year the dunk contest and everybody oh the dunk contest back we back baby we back we out here and then like the next three or four be trash and then it's like <laughs> oh dunk contest they should get rid of dunk contest and we need to make changes to the dunk contest and then somebody who can dunk come back 
And then it's like, oh, a dunk contest. Back. It's like a cycle of how people react to the dunk contest. Um, that doesn't, like, this year's was bad. It was a bad dunk contest. But and guess what, folks? This year's was great. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't say great. Mac McClung did good, his thing. Though. Mac McClung did his thing this uh, year. But the general principle remains because now people are saying Mac McClung saved the dunk contest. No, he no, didn't. didn't. It was just, he, he did some good dunks. And he got them all on the first try. You can bring the music back in, dude. I feel like I'm nah. cutting the promo on somebody. <laughs> but uh, shout out to Trey Murphy because he he surprised me. I ain't know. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm sorry, I was not familiar with your game. He a shooter. I ain't know you had bounce like that. He, he was getting the shit off. He did some. Yeah, like it was a good dunk contest. So it's like don't like people overreact to everything when it comes to All Star Weekend. Like. Oh, the game is so bad. Watch next year. The game going to be closer. So everybody's like, oh, my God, I love the All-Stars. Look at the players. They're here, and they got so much effort. And it's like, it's Giannis went out there this year. Like You know when Giannis is on the court for All-Star game, like he's going to come and bring some real game energy to it. So like it depends on the players that are out there for sure. And that's for All-Star Saturday night. Some years is going to be good. Some years is going to be bad. That is what it is. One thing we talked about in the past on this show that I would still agree with is maybe moving the three-point contest to the very last event of the weekend or Saturday night. Go skills, dunk, then three-point because the three-point contest still has star power in it. If that's what you're trying to bank on, go ahead and do that. But otherwise, like, we we cool. Leave the events <laughs> what they are. If you want to bring in some other guys to dunk against NBA players, cool whatever but like the dunk contest ain't dead it's, it, it is what it is at this point like it's gonna be good years it's gonna be bad years we had a good year enjoy it i only had one gripe with the events the people that participated in it why the fuck was julius Randle in the three-point contest again because he was a last minute sub for they couldn't find nobody it, they just wanted Anthony to grab Simon. somebody who was already going to Salt Lake City. Like, it was, think about, because when Anthony Simons got hurt, mm-hmm. it was, like, right before the break. And it's, the NBA wasn't going to call somebody, like, you change your vacation plan to come shoot. We're going to pick somebody who's already here who's going to be willing to do it. And Julius Randle was like, all right. <sighs> like, that's that's the only reason he was in it. It wasn't like they really thought he was cold. It was just. Surprised the hell out of me with uh, Kevin Herter, though. Hey, boy, you can't hear shit. Sometimes I'm like, well, he's been shooting. He's been in a slump though. Like, he, I think he's shooting 25 percent in February. From Damn, it should look like it in a three point contest too. <laughs> My NBA thing this week, I just wanted to point out the fact that we have already had this NBA season the most buyouts in NBA history post trade deadline. There have been nine with mm. Will Barton being bought out by the Wizards. You got Will Barton who's out there floating around now. Russell Westbrook who went to the Clippers, mm. which. We talking about how discourses are getting gross. The one around Westbrook is also like, yeah. I know he's still in L.A., but I will say that the Clippers have personnel that better suit how Russ plays than the Lakers did. There's a lot more shooting with the Clippers than it was with that Lakers team. He might not still he he ain't gonna beat Oklahoma City Russ no more. That though that ship has sailed. <coughs> But there's a world where he can still be a productive player for a team that has some aspirations. As long as he buys into whatever role it is that he has to play for that team. Well, you ain't finna walk into a number four seat right now in the West. I'm, awesome. I'm, I'm him. Like, show ass. <laughs> Dribble this ball and pass it to our stars. God dang. <laughs> he should have a lot more space to operate. Yeah, that's going to be crazy, though. Patrick Beverly going, yeah. going to Chicago. Forget, bro. 
I don't know if this clip I'm was coming I, I, home. But, I'm coming home. I got to I got to <laughs> You know what? I didn't I didn't fact check it, so let me not say that. There, okay. There we go. There was a quote. That's that growth from you. Yes. So I'll, I'll was fact it about check the, the East Being Week. Yes. No, he said that. Oh, well, then, forget, bro. <laughs> well, <then> forget, bro. <laughs> his his point was that talent went west, so it's not as yeah. many people here. And I was like, no, "Do you think he's gonna do it with Chicago? He he can make the playoffs. It's gonna be Minnesota part two. It, it could be. It absolutely. He gonna might take be. his jersey off and wing around his head, and Petey Pablo gonna be playing the shit like that. Like that, we doing that again? He might in Chicago. He might. But maybe not. Hey, look at where they're in standings right now. If they get into the playoffs like that, that might be worthy of that celebration, to be quite honest. One thing I didn't realize about Chicago, and that's kind of why I was hoping, like, for basketball reasons, that was where Russ wound up. Their offense is terrible. God awful. Like, they're actually a top 10 in defense, but their offense is the problem this year. They didn't have no point guard. Nope. They've been having... Lonzo's uh, out for the season They've now, been having too. Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan try to run points. Two shooting guards. <laughs> Is that that don't really never that never really work out well. <laughs> I was I I had scrolled past locked on Bulls. Shout out to to Hayes, um, who actually made the theme song for Tech File. For sure, he's on locked on Bulls now, and he was talking about the fact that people point to Lonzo's absence, which I'll just throw it out there. He's not returning this season. Mm-hmm. They shut him down officially, and he said people you know they're always pointing to Lonzo being missing as to why Chicago's having his problems, and it's like yeah he played a big part. But he didn't initiate the offense himself when he played. And I was like, I didn't watch that many Bulls games to be like, that's accurate or not accurate. But it was really interesting to me that he pointed out the fact that Lonzo still didn't initiate the offense a lot. Like, he said they need a point guard to help get them in, into shape at this moment. He's like, we know what Lonzo brings. Their team is better with Lonzo. I'm not saying they're not. But the role people think that he did, he did not do. And that's not the reason the Bulls are performing the way they're performing in this moment. It's not just Lonzo. <laughs> I feel like I Like you said I haven't watched enough Bulls games But The impact that he had On the team While he's on the floor As the facilitator still I think Played a huge role In taking the ball From two guys Who's not supposed to Initiate the the offense (laughs) And then give them To the ball In their spots More options Yeah so It's kind of like How the Bucks Usually search for another uh, Like a secondary playmaker Or most teams if you're looking for another person who helped facilitate or move the ball or move the offense or kind of keep things tidy, like you can't give it to a bunch of shooters and be like, yeah, hey, so let's figure it out. Get, get him the ball in this spot. Get him the ball in this spot. Don't shoot that shit. <laughs> give it to him. No, you can't ask that of guys who are wired to shoot. Lonzo can shoot, sure, if he wants to, but he's more so wired to let me set my guys up. Facilitate. I think Lonzo is more of a connector piece. Like, mm-hmm. Lonzo is a guy that takes it from just, like, ISO to, like, we going to keep this ball movement. I'm going to make the correct pass as it's swinging. Yep. It's um, kind of bend the defense and get people into better better spots. So, like, you don't have to be a play initiator to, have to help facilitate the the motion and the movement of the offense. Well, Pat Bab ain't going to help them too much with that either when he no. gets there. So, we'll see how that goes. It should be fun, though. Straight 3 and D. Right, right, right. <laughs> Kevin Love, he's going to the Miami Heat, which, perfect fit. When I saw they were talking about Russ going there, I was like, let him go there. <laughs> Shrink the floor even more because they really can't shoot. Go ahead. Add Russ, too. Go ahead. But when they added Kevin Love, I said, ah, 
y'all did the right thing this time. <laughs> I didn't like that. You did the right thing. <laughs> did not like that y'all, one. Y'all needed uh y'all needed some some shooting, so that makes some sense. I didn't realize that he had fallen out of Cleveland's rotation though. They got nice young bigs and wings now. Like they, like, hey, all right, we'll finally buy you out, bro. Yeah. We really don't need you no more. <laughs> yeah, he got hurt. Like he hurt his hand earlier in the season and like he's just been shooting poorly. Um, it sounds like he's getting healthier now, but like while he was shooting poorly, he lost his rotation spot. Yeah, they and said, realized like, hey, we good. Exactly. They saw what life was like without him and said, no, we don't, we don't need. We actually kind of high. Yeah, we <laughs> we good. We good. Reggie Jackson, as we know, he went to the Nuggets. Terrence Ross went to the Suns. Danny Green went to the Cavaliers. Justin Holiday went to the Mavericks. Uh, Leandro Balmer, Balm, Balmer. There we go. He just got bought out but he went over back to Europe that's why he wanted to get bought out so that's nine guys after the post the trade deadline who got bought out John Wall and Serge Ibaka are also expected to be bought out so number could go up to 11 a lot of buyouts a lot of buyouts let me ask y'all this which buyout signee do you think will have the most impact on their new team oh um I want to say Russ but at the same time, I think for good or for bad, Russ is probably the answer. Like I don't know if it's good impact or bad impact, but he will like he'll have. First of all, he'll probably get the most minutes, so he'll have the mm-hmm. most opportunity to have an impact. Um, like I'm, I'm in the middle with Russ. Like we know what his limitations are, but he's still a good basketball player. He's not a max guy anymore, but the Clippers got him on a minimum, so it's like and at a minimum, that's a deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like Reggie exactly. Jackson was number two though. With really? Denver because they got rid of Bones, so he's gonna step into those minutes anyways. They had, uh, I don't think they got Morris no more because Morris is over in Washington now, right? Mm-hmm. So they really kind of needed a point guard, again. Point guard. yeah. So I think Reggie and he excels as coming off the bench or as running the uh, second unit, or he can fill in coming off the bench with the first unit because he can put up the bucket too. So I feel like Reggie Jackson will probably be right behind him. That's a good one too. And yeah, I mean, he has to find his shot, but yeah, he'll have the opportunity. Like that's why Clippers got rid of him. He, he's in a season-long shooting slump. Mm-hmm. But you ain't got to facilitate. Uh, you got Joker now, so you ain't gonna worry about that. <laughs> Just shoot. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with y'all. And then we talked about Pat Bev. Like he could actually take the play, the, take the take the playoffs to the Bulls. He can take the Bulls, <laughs> help them get to the play-in game, help them get to the playoffs. So if, if they can do that after the season that they've had, that's a success for them, I think. Unless you're looking at draft stuff, but then also they kind of need to fall outside the top four for them to keep their pick anyway. So they don't want to, they don't want to be no, too they have bad. To get into the oh, we have to be in the top four to keep their pick. Oh, well, in that case, oh, top four protected. Yeah. Mm. Maybe you want. No, you, you want Pat Bev? Then you go ahead, let him run the point. Let him run, run everything. They're gonna lose that point. <laughs> Facilitate gonna... like a motherfucker, Pat. They're gonna lose that draft pick. And then Kevin Love, we, we talked about as well. I think he's another impact signing so far. I don't know how much Danny Green got left in his legs, but if he if he got some. It'll be interesting watching them play with uh with Cleveland because they need a shooter on the wing. So yeah, that's what I have for my NBA one thing this week. But some more NBA news as we keep it rolling. We don't have that much left to talk about here, guys. Yantai Dekumbo, he suffered a sprained ligament in his right wrist, as we mentioned, and he will undergo treatment with the expectation that he'll be able to return to the lineup once the pain subsides. Bucks Twitter lost their GD <laughs> minds as soon as the report came out that he had to go to New York and get further testing done. I saw a tweet about the season was over. And, really? Uh, they yes. really would? No. Been- fam. Wow. Fam. They went off. Like, it was like 
this news is terrible. And then when the news came out that Myers Leonard got signed to attend it, they were like, oh, this must be real bad news now. It's even worse than we expect. They lied to us. <laughs> we need games back now. Like, I am, like people are bored. They don't have anything else to talk about. So it's just everything is amped up to a million. And it's just like, we need games. We need stuff to take our minds <laughs> off of all the outlandish shit the hot takes that, that their brain is getting up to like the idle mind is the devil's playground is that mm-hmm. the yep that, that's what this whole weekend slash the rest of this week is like people just going crazy yep we how, need games to distract us how do y'all feel about the Myers Leonard signing for those who don't recall him and when I saw we signed him I said that's a name I did not expect to see and not, not in the Bucks uniform and not even no period I forgot he existed no, I heard, I've been hearing rumblings about him trying to come back. That's what I saw. Like, apparently over, like, the last year he's been working out. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, my blinders, had, I, had, I hadn't even heard his name. So when I saw the book, I said, Myers Leonard. I said, why is that name so familiar? And I kept reading. And I said, oh, yeah, he was playing Call of Duty and started using anti-Semitic slurs. And he said, it's not funny because video game culture is toxic. Boy! It's exactly why on my PSN, like, if you're not my friend, you are not going to message me. Boy! Because... It'd be some stuff. They'd be wallet. And if you in party chats and the game chats, you hear a lot. Myers Leonard said that the only reason he used that slur is because he didn't know what it meant, he said. He just knew how to use it because he heard other people playing video games saying it. And I was like, that's plausible. Like, I understand. It's naive. It's ignorant. As fuck. Super ignorant. You would think that. You got a better excuse than that. No, I was going to say that. I was going to say you would think that the education system would teach you a little bit more so that you would know something like that. But with the way things in this country are going, I guess I shouldn't expect they, they that. They're moving history. Right. Exactly. So um, I want to be clear. Like I'm not. Was, I'm not making a. Pa- I'm not giving him a pass for that at all. I'm just giving the backstory with it. He's done work with different Jewish organizations, and as long as that community, however they feel about him, that's they. He offended that community. Yeah, like it's it was just dumb enough to where it's like, yeah, I guess that's plausible. Because again, like he's a professional athlete, like he wouldn't say the n word on like it right. wouldn't it right. wouldn't come out. <laughs> like if he knew if he knew better, he would have done better. Uh, so it was just like it was just dumb enough to where it's like, yeah, that tracks. And the fact that he's been apologetic since it, ha- mm-hmm. and I just want to be clear, I'm saying I would say this regardless of what team he signed for. Like I'm not Facts, trying to make same, excuses for him. Let's sign them. It's just like when people actually do the work and are apologetic and continue to be all apologetic and don't run from what they did. Like we gotta start giving people second chances. Like I'm not. It's, this isn't an anti-cancel court cancel culture rant. This is just like, hey, people mess up and they should be rightly called out for it. Mm-hmm. But if people want to make amends for what they've done, if they're apologetic, if they do the work, then I don't have any problem giving people second chances. Like if he fucks up again, like yeah, chuck his ass out of here. Like, <laughs> right, right. But you gotta give them an opportunity to fuck up again in the first place. Like if they've earned it, which I feel like he has. Um, so I don't have a problem with it. Like from ba- basketball wise, like it makes sense. He's a big ass dude that can shoot threes, that can give you six fouls against Joel Embiid. Like that's really all you need for an emergency <laughs> on the Milwaukee Bucks roster. Like that's a fact. He's bigger than Sandro. Um, and then the rest of the people that they have are wings. Like, yeah. I'm I'm fine with it. Basketball, if he's in shape, maybe if he can play still. But like the Myers Leonard that was in Miami, like 
that's a perfect fit for an emergency big as far as I'm concerned. Facts. And that's the part people got to realize. He's coming on the roster to be an emergency breaking case, break glass in case of emergency big, which is why Serge Ibaka wanted out because he did not want to be that. He wanted to get playing time and he is still at home waiting to get some playing time. He would have been had plenty of it. So, like, the, the, the Bucks situation when it comes to the buyout market, I, we have a friend, and I make jokes, like, he want everybody. He's like, well, I, I like him on the Bucks, And I'm like, the Bucks pretty much have their playoff rotation set. Anybody that they're buying out, it's not for them to come and, like, play big minutes. They're coming to be Jeff Teague. They are coming to be here just in case someone gets hurt or we need to get some minutes up or someone gets into foul trouble, you can throw them in the game and trust that they won't F things up too bad. That's all it is at this point for where the Bucks are, which is, if you think about where the Bucks were five years ago, way different situ- situation. Like, but that's where this team is. So anybody the Bucks are signing, it's not somebody who's going to be coming in and hopefully playing 20, 25 minutes a night. So that is what's happening. That's Something went wrong. <laughs> Something went really, really wrong. And to Eric's point about second chances, I agree. I co-sign that 100%. I think about Drew Brees. When he made his comments about kneeling in the flag and how it's disrespectful, and then he had conversations with teammates and everything, and he wrote a long apology. <laughs> and after that, like he, he did some more work on it, mm-hmm. and he, he changed. He he showed some different actions afterwards. So, um, I don't disagree. I agree with the second chance as well. I said it in the group chat. Like I was shocked that we were the ones to sign. So. I didn't have an issue with giving him a second chance. I just said, I'm not always one to, I don't always want to be the one to give the second chance. Meaning, if he'd have came back with any other team, I wouldn't have cared, honestly. Like, yeah, he did some shit he fucked up. I didn't forget the fact that his teammates was kneeling and he decided he wanted to stand too while I was doing the Black Lives Matter protests and shit like that. I didn't forget that shit either. But, outside of that, he ain't really said nothing about black folk. <laughs> at, least, at least to my knowledge, I allow. And I don't mind giving anyone a second chance because you are putting in the work. You are showing that you're remorseful. You are showing, like, shit, I've had second chances. So I don't have an issue with giving anyone a Benny. I'm, in, outside of this pod, I give hella Bennies. <laughs> wait, 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 here talking to us, we get no Bennies. No Bennies. But literally in life, I give so many, like, there's a lot of, I'm like, bro, they deserve a second chance, second opportunity, another chance, another chance, another That's chance. Right. But I'm not That's always right. the one that want to give that second That's chance. That's real. That's, I mean, that's, this could be a whole life, like, this could be a whole pot about just life experience and thinking about just second chances and whatnot. But that's real, because sometimes if you don't do the second chances, you're going to miss out on a lot that you could have had. Because, personally, we, we ain't got to say no details, but personally, between me and you, when some stuff happened, I was sitting there like, I don't know about the nigga Tim. <laughs> I don't know about him. I don't know. But if we never got past that moment, mm-hmm. there would be no technical file here today. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's certain things where it's like, and I wouldn't like, man. It'd be completely done. It'd be a dynamic. whole different world. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have my godson. Like, everything would be so mm-hmm. different. That's like, I'm one for second chance. I had, I've had several and different opportunities, different, all kind of shit. I don't have an issue with giving him the second chance but if it works and at the end of the day it's only a 10 day contract yeah I can like we signed him for 15 years and shit <laughs> it's, it's not 10 goddamn days right. like we did the same thing with Boogie last year granted we should have kept Boogie I felt like we should have kept Boogie last year but we can, we can, he was hooping with us you know, he did pretty good with us you know, <laughs> but it's only a 10 day and it's probably because Giannis is hurt mm-hmm. so while Giannis is hurt he'll be the big to come in and kind of fill the gap in if, if not Sandro or because uh, Bobby's still hurt too, right? We don't know when he's coming back, but he should be soon. So we need another big body. When Giannis come back, <laughs> on Friday, he probably going to be gone, honestly. So 
it's still uh, not that he big. Might, he it's might not be. Like it's a trial. Yeah, because he might just end up being that fourth big that stays on the roster once. Because yeah. we know Bud's rotation is Bobby and, and Giannis, and that's really the only big minutes you're going to get. And they might use Jay as a small ball for it. So, mm-hmm. like, Myers Leonard, if he does stay past the 10-day, which could it could happen, he probably ain't going to play too much still. So I'm not tripping about it. I'm not really tripping about it in that aspect like Eric said it's, it makes perfectly good sense as like I, before all the bullshit I actually like Myers Leonard a lot like on, especially on the heat because he I think he had a game where he knocked down 10 threes one in the playoffs I don't know about that That's it was so he he had a game in the playoffs I think with the heat where he was scorching and I was like bro since when <laughs> I'll, I'll look it up but I didn't have an issue with him beforehand so I don't have a problem giving him a second chance yeah I mean like the the moves that the Bucks need to make with their last two roster spots, I mean, I, personally, is very situational. It's like if this happens, do we have somebody that we can go to as the worst case scenario? Like you get the six or the second round, Brooke Lopez gets three fouls in the first quarter. Like, do you have somebody that you can throw out there for two minutes mm-hmm. that isn't just gonna get completely ran over by Joel and B? Like. It. Right now, no, you don't, because you got Giannis and Bobby, and I don't think you want either one of those dudes. Like, Giannis can do it, but you don't want to put him in a position to get in more foul trouble. And Bobby is just going to get ran over just like, you know, <laughs> Jay or Joe Ingles or Chris or whoever else. You're gonna throw it. So you want another big body, again, like six fouls against Embiid. Also, it's like if Javon Carter proves to be too small, like you want to have another vet point guard, you can just throw Like, you want another George Hill, essentially. Like somebody Pretty much. You can just throw out there that isn't going to get completely like swallowed up by the moment in the playoffs. Again, break glass in case of emergency. Like your roster is set, your rotation, you probably got too many guys at this point. <laughs> so you really just need these situational players that can come in and give you something if you need to like back against the wall. So So yeah, up. like I'm I'm not shooting for the stars at this point. It's like, hey, if Chris Dunn just signed a 10-day with Utah. It's like, hey, he, I know he can defend if nothing else. Like, he can't shoot, but he can defend. Like, if I just need to throw out a bigger Devon Carter for a minute, <laughs> I feel like I'd be, I'd be hating, like, I always feel like I'm critical of Javon Carter over here. I, I, I like him. He's playing well. <laughs> with Javon <laughs> Carter, dog. I'm just, I'm fearful he's just of little. his size. He's just a little guy. That's all it is. You see him when he's matched up in, like, against teams like Boston where it's a lot more size. Like, even though he's a good defender, Sometimes you just can't overcome just being little. Like mm-hmm. that's just what it comes down to. So who am I thinking of? There was the uh, the guard that used to be a dog on defense. I feel like his name started with it was Tony something. Played for Memphis for a while. Tony, Tony Allen. Allen. That's who I'm thinking. I'm like, we need a Tony Allen. <laughs> that's what we need. A, a every a, team needs a Tony. A Allen. bigger guard who just go go out there and get at your ass. So I you feel like that's so, what we looking for. So you wish we had Dylan Brooks. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, that's what that's that's the new man. What, whatever. But he's not a guard. He's a wing. Yeah, he's, he's a wing guard. guard. Yeah. He big as hell, ain't he? I mean, he's big like this. But ain't like, he like six seven. Well, that, I guess now that's yeah. considered. See, six seven used to be just like a two guard, like Kobe and Jordan and them and shit like that. They were six six, two, shooting guard. You know, height, now no, I feel hi, like height is not indicative of position anymore. Like I said, now I feel like it don't matter no more. No, height's not indicative of, of position. It's your skill set. He wing like wing guard like wings can defend guard or at least they should be able to. They should. Sometimes that height is too much. 
<laughs> Sometimes, your feet too damn big. Your legs too long. Can't we'll, get them together. We, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Some other uh, transaction news, though, that has happened. The Atlanta Hawks dismissed coach Nate McMillan. We knew that was going to come. Was All wild. the tea leaves said that it was going to happen at some point. Most of it happened after the season, but they did it mid-season. Joe Prunty is the new interim coach, expected to be at the very least. So that'll be the second time good old Joe was able to be a interim coach after the head coach got fired. If you forgot, he was the interim coach here in Milwaukee when Jason Kidd got fired as well. The Hawks are starting their search for a new head coach immediately. They want somebody who can be really good in player development, accountability, and getting the Hawks' offense and defense into the league's top 10. Apparently, some of the candidates that have top of mind for them and number one on their list is apparently Quinn Snyder. They're also expected to consider Bucks assistant Charles Lee and Golden State assistant Kenny Atkinson. Boston name. Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Two things about that. One, uh, this is Trey's last last <laughs> coach. Like, it needs to be. He's he done killed. He's killed two so far. You don't get a third. Like Trey, Trey is the problem. At this, mm. Like you know, the first one I can be like, hey, you know, maybe Lloyd Lloyd Pierce. He won a great coach. Whatever. You know, you wanted something better. Then you butt heads with Nate McMillan too. Like, I don't know, fam. Like, something going on. Something going on. You know, if 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 you keep running the assholes, like, you might be the asshole. Like, ooh, yeah, I, don't, ooh, I don't know. Like, uh, and like we had the same conversation with Darvin Ham, but I really don't want Charles. I, I hope that's not Charles Lee's first Sam. head coaching opportunity. Uh, I mean, like. Usually, if you're a first-time head coach, you're probably going into a bad situation because they wouldn't have moved on from their previous coach if everything was hunky dory. But <laughs> hunky dory. Like, what was stepping into those two specific situations is like these are teams with expectations, with volatile head guys that can easily uh, undermine you and get you the fuck up out of there. Triple T in the comments. What up, sir? He said Trey is definitely the problem, and ATL might be better with Dejounte running it. I think we've seen him. Hey, Trey for cat. I don't know. Like, it, it, honestly, Ooh. that's something I've been thinking about too. We talking about teams that doing birds. stuff, teams that's doing moves and they looking different without somebody, and it's like, mm, do, we, do we need? Do we need it? <laughs> because now they starting to finally gel. It seems like with just Gobert being they big, and they could get a return for Crown and the Town if they wanted to go that route. Mm. But I mean, like, if you just swap Trey and Cat for each other, like, you might solve the issues for both teams. Possibly, they got go bear behind them, so uh, Trey, the Trey back, Trey and backcourt ain't on. Yeah, and then Capella still. I mean, like, they got Conley now, so like that may take away their need for a point guard. But hmm. Conley's you know, a stopgap. I think though, if you but... can get a talent like Trey Young, you know, it's like, hey, thanks, Mike, or you just be a backup now. Damn, Conley's um, a bridge player now, huh? I mean, at this stage in his career. Conley, ain't gonna, Conley only got so many seasons left in him. That's wild from watching him in college. And That's he the same talking thing about with his daddy uh, the whole time. So now him just. We old, bro. That's the same yeah. thing with, uh, with Chris Paul. Chris Paul probably ain't going to be a son next year. He was almost a yeah, net they this year. <laughs> they tried to make it happen. 
Also, mm. Joe Mazzulla was named permanent head coach for the Boston Celtics. Clearly, M.A. Udoka is not returning <laughs> after the suspension. And then I saw also in Brooklyn, they extended Vaughn mm-hmm. as their head coach as well. Took away that interim title. But Congratulations, they, He been had that going. Yeah. They said, let's give you some more years on top of this. Yeah. In the NFL. Joe Mazzulla wasn't the step coach. He was the coach that stepped up. <laughs> Show ass. <laughs> so bad. That's funny. That's so- uh, no, just one thing about Jack Vaughn before we move on. Uh, and like, I feel this way about Steven Silas too, but like the players made a push for hire more black coaches, hire more black coaches. And then in those two instances, like the stars that advocated for them to get the job <laughs> immediately got the fuck out of there. And kind of screwed, like they definitely screwed Silas over. Like it seems like Jack Bond has a little bit more security, but it's just like you got to. Players have to start taking responsibility for, like they're asked for more and more power, more, you know, like control, not leverage, mm-hmm. but like more and more from these, more and more ownership stakes in these organizations until the shit that they advocate for falls to the wayside, and it's like, oh well, give me up out of here. Same thing with LeBron, like, hey, go get Westbrook. Y'all gotta give me some help, man. Like Westbrook ain't it. Like it, it's like you gotta take ownership for the responsibility. Is it? You gotta take responsibility <laughs> for the for the things that you you know like for the decisions that you are forcing these teams to make. And it's like you you put in this black coach and then you set him up for failure by like bouncing as soon as she gets rocky, or you change your mind or whatever it is. Like no, that's fair. That's just that's my little soapbox. Like I feel it. I feel it. Some NFL transactions. The Raiders released Derek Carr, as we figured what happened. The Jets brought in Carr for a visit this past weekend, and that's the second team that he's met with because he met with the Saints prior to being released. But here's the real here. most No vet quarterback is going to get signed until people figure out what the Packers and Aaron Rodgers are doing. And I believe Aaron Rodgers is still in the dark right now, uh, figuring out— Somebody turn on the light! Figuring out his next moves. And we talked about discourse a lot this week's episode. And the discourse around Aaron Rodgers is really fascinating to me at this point. Because, like, if somebody wants to go on a retreat away from tech, from everything and figure out their life, I'm here for it. He is getting clowned. And I know it's in part because of the the uh, his history of, you know, just what he says, what he does and whatnot. But, like, honestly, I think that's kind of cool that he was like, I'm about to spend four days with nothing. <laughs> So he don't see us talking about training them for the, to the Jets. See, here you go. <laughs> I'm t- hey, you like, don't gotta see that just happen. Just let it happen. Like for real, like the 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 concept. I wouldn't. I don't think I could do four days in the dark. That's a lot. But the concept of four, like a, a week or whatever the case may be, without without a phone, without talking to nobody else, just being able to be with my own thoughts, journal, whatever it is, figure things out. Like if people had the privilege of time. That's how I'll say it, the privilege of time to be able to set time aside to do stuff like that and think about life. That's pretty cool. He's a multimillionaire quarterback who got time to do it. So go ahead and use your time. I'm married without kids. So I'm saying, so it's like, do what you do what you're going to do, because I understand time is precious and we all got jobs. We got nine to fives. Like tech files, not our full time job. So I've like, had that privilege once. Yeah, I, I've only had you only have so much time in a day. So like people who clown on Aaron Rodgers for sitting in the dark or whatever like that get your jokes off I know jokes gonna joke but if we being real here the concept is kind of dope to just spend some time figuring out what you gonna do with your life and I wish more people had that privilege of time as well he usually on there on Tuesdays I was, was kind of looking Tim said that uh, Rogers ain't journaling 
Uh, man's gonna be on Pat McAfee podcast tomorrow, probably. No, he was. He usually on, on Tuesdays. He's on Tuesdays, and he went there. Mm-hmm. He's in the dark. That's why I was. I was looking for his ass. Like, Did he come out the room yet? And that's one thing he says. He said he ain't gonna have no journals or nothing like that. He is literally just in the dark with nothing. <laughs> they was on his ass though. They was like, so is it like a dude in a, in a corner looking at you? <laughs> like, do you get to go to the bathroom? You wear a diaper? But some some people do. Some people wear don't diapers but yeah, but yeah see, there's probably going to be a guy in there to kind of you know give you water from time to time and things like that that's some rich white people stuff right boy there. so again creeping in the corner on you that's that's, that's next level what he doing i'm but, supposed to be alone but it's somebody here but the concept I'm, I'm here for who are you i'm here for the concept shout, shout out to uh shout out to bomani jones like i watched a little bit of um whatever his show is on hbo now mm-hmm. he brought away his report what's at this point what's the difference between aaron Rodgers and kyrie Irving? One didn't say anti-Semitic things, and the other one did. That's it. Yeah, but I mean, like even before, like the anti-Semitic slur, like it, or not slur, but like he posted that video. Like <laughs> I feel like the, the coverage was a little bit different for, for the two of them. I mean, to be fair, yeah. Because if, if Rogers would have came out and did his half-ass lie about the COVID shot at the same time that Kyrie dropped the anti-Semitic shit, I think they would have been on par. No, the anti-Semitic <laughs> stuff would have been on par. But he, I mean, he got cooked for he the He got vaccine. cooked. Like, after the vaccine thing. That's is why when, I was like, they probably would have been. Like, no, like the, 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 like, the vaccine thing is when the whole public perception of Aaron Rodgers shifted. Yeah. And then he started doing like the Joe Rogan stuff. And he started leaning into and the he shit. Started, yeah, he leaned into it. <laughs> but again, as a Packer fan, if you've watched Aaron Rodgers, like it's not surprising because he's always been a guy who's like, I, I, I like just hearing different ideas and trying to figure things out. And honestly, he pro- him and Kyrie probably would be cool. Mm-hmm. Like they both are, they both think they're much smarter than they are. Put <laughs> mm. And they'll let you know about it. Oh, they will. They, they will. They will. Also, Jalen Brown is trying really hard to be maybe Kyrie, but that's a different conversation for a different day. Yeah, it is. We ain't got that much time a day. Aaron Jones reworked his deal to stay with the Packers, so mm-hmm. he was scheduled to make $16 million, but he agreed to cut that by five in exchange for a sign-in bonus worth $8.5 million as part of his total pay for $11 million in the season. Let me tell y'all something. If I was an NFL player, y'all wanted to redo my contract and be like, I'm going to give you a sign-in bonus now and, and give you Eight million of it now. Yes, do it. Yep, sign me up today. Here for it. We Here have seven it. players that we have. Free Triple T today, said, though. "Thank you, Eric." Kyrie is fake woke. I mean, yeah, big whole tip. And I hate that woke. The, the term woke has changed. It, it is now no longer a word that we use in our community to describe a certain type of person. <laughs> it is now used for everybody. For, for everything. <laughs> And it's, yeah. that's, it's not the intent of White people use it as just like uh, An insult. Anti racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's another slur. For um, them. <laughs> one really quick thing because I wasn't here the week that Kyrie got traded. I feel like him demanding a trade is like the most reasonable, logical thing that he's done in the last two years. Like he's in the last year of his deal. Brooklyn clearly didn't want to resign him. He's going for security going forward. Like, I, I don't have any problem with him. I ain't have any problem with him demanding a trade. I mean, but I, that's, I hear you on that. I actually, his comments over the All-Star weekend about demanding a trade. He was like, well, well, what's wrong with if you ain't best for business that you can't demand, you know, not every employer gets along with their employee. You ain't you ain't cool with every employer and you ain't cool with every job. I don't see what's, when it become an issue to make business decisions. Uh, what's best for you for business. But 
You fucked up the business like on the way there. <laughs> I just feel like people like lumped in like all the other crazy Kyrie shit that he's done. It's just like, oh, this is just another thing in Kyrie's ledger. It's like, this is kind of different. Like this is him looking to his next contract, which is what every star does and should do. Going like if if you're in a lame duck contract situation, it's like you got to be looking for your next deal. And if Brooklyn clearly wants to put stipulations and shit on what they're willing to give you, and some other team is willing to give it to you, just you know, sight unseen. Like yeah, you probably should try to force your way to a situation that's going to give you more security going forward. So I didn't have a problem with it, and he he it wasn't that he left Brooklyn in the offseason you know, without getting anything back. Mm-hmm. Like they got Dorian Payne Smith, who on his own could probably get you another one or two first round picks. Spencer Dinwiddie, who is could get you a one. You know, he's a flawed player, but he's still decent enough and he can give you some production from that spot. And you get an unprotected pick after Luca can leave essentially. Like Whew. those three really good assets that they got back for a dude that they didn't want to have going forward. Like yeah, it fucked up their relationship with KD, but that's the risk you run when they acquiesce to a trade demand. Like, I don't know what to tell you. But, like, him, he actually did do them a solid, like, forcing his way out ahead of time as opposed to waiting to the offseason where he could walk for zero compensation. So, I, I don't have a problem with it, personally. You know what I mean? And also, Kyrie is just a complicated dude because, like, he does do shit that I completely disagree nah, nah. with. But at the same time, he, he also does give a lot of money to charity and doesn't really do it for publicity. Like he, he does shit under the radar. Like he'll give to like GoFundMes and like he, he won't publicize it. Like somebody else will pick it up and be like, hey, look, Kyrie gave $50,000 to this person's scholarship or whatever. Like mm. he, he does pay, a lot of good stuff. So I don't want to panic just that he's a bad dude. I think he's just misguided. Like I think he's, I don't think he's as smart as he thinks he is. <laughs> and he's adversarial with the media. So like it always gets spun in a bad way because like he doesn't do himself any favors like the way that he talks to reporters and whatnot like you know he it's always like a mystery and it's always like a well you don't know what's going on behind the scenes it's like what well, we're asking you about it do you want to tell us no you don't it's know like, my life no he's like okay well then we gonna fill in the blanks like that's what people do <laughs> you know like they try to make sense of what they what evidence they have at their own disposal and it's like you could help that along if you were just if you not necessarily play along, but it's like give them something. Like if people ask you a direct mm-hmm. question, like maybe answer it. No, but that's too much. That's too much. But it's like no, you just don't know what's going on. You know, you know, like you you're de- you're dehumanizing me. It's like yes, professional athletes are dehumanized, but like at the same time, like they're giving you a platform to speak, and you're choosing not to to sell your side of it. I don't disagree. So again, like I, I don't have a problem. Like I have a problem with like the anti-Semitic stuff that he posted, but like, I don't have a problem with Kyrie in totality because I do feel like he is well-intentioned, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have the mental <laughs> sharpness to see through, or at least like to play the PR game to where it, people can see like what he's trying to do. Yeah, that's my little. <laughs> no, I feel you. I feel you. All right, let's get let's let's wrap up and get out of here. The Cardinals. Please let's do. The Cardinals hire Philly uh, defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon as their new head coach. Washington Commanders. They're hiring Eric Bell or Bianami. Bianami, who, as we all know, has been with the Chiefs as their OC for a very, very, very long time. But going to Washington, he now also gets that title of assistant head coach. So it's a promotion and title. Con- contract so structure. Out of the four, 
Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, so out of the four uh, coordinators from the uh, from the Super Bowl, yeah. three of them got new jobs, two of them got head coaching jobs, and one got a lateral move. Well, technically, it's not lateral. It's a promotion and title. It's a promotion contractually. It's multi-year, and it's also a pay raise. So, I think he's an associate head coach now. He didn't get his own job. That's why I mean, he didn't assistant get his head coach team. and Who's offensive coordinator. Yeah, he didn't get his own team, but he got a promotion, so to speak. Which is kind of still kind of wild because anybody uh, felt like most people with his resume as an offensive coordinator would have been had a head coaching job. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hell, the Eagles had one good year on defense, and the defensive coordinator got a damn job. They, man, don't know what it is about him. But. And they OC. They lost their OC and they DC. Like they got to replace the. <laughs> That's what uh, I'm yeah. Hey, Jim, well, sorry, I derailed it. Go ahead. Jim Bob Cooter expected to be named the OC for the Indianapolis Colts. I said that I had that in here just for Ken because I know he last at the Jim name Bob Jim Cooter. Bob Cooter. <laughs> Chargers defensive coordinator uh, Ronaldo Hill is leaving LA to reunite with Miami defensive coordinator Vic Fangio and become the Dolphins' past defensive game coordinator. Uh, do want to just mention the fact that Saints running back Alvin Kamara is among four people who were indicted for an alleged 2022 Vegas nightclub beating. Something for folks to just keep an eye on as that plays out in the court systems. That was a wild story. Did you read it? Did you see the story? I, I, yeah. That's why I said as it plays out, like yeah. just, just, just keep an eye out on however this unfolds because it can have some impacts here. One quick correction from earlier, like Tim, you were saying, like you thought that the All Star Game was in Vegas next year. That's the Super Bowl that's in Vegas. I, 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 thought, I thought we corrected that with the LA thing. He he was thinking of uh, no, no no you did. I was just saying like I, I think that's where your mind well, was I got going. Vegas like, you're thinking Vegas All Star is Vegas for Super Bowl. Gotcha. Uh, or mm, I'm trying to think which order to go here. You got your blow to whistle, right? Before we get into that, though, I do want to just say rest in peace to Christian Atsu. Uh, he was found dead under the building where he lived in southern Turkey after the earthquakes that took place in their region last week. Rest in peace to him, as well as the countless others who lost their lives in those earthquakes. Wild as soon as I saw how big those earthquakes were, I was like, that's wild. Like, the Earth is doing some things right it now, is, bro. It's, it's, it's always doing things. Pay attention to it. Nah, it's doing some shit right now. <laughs> Because I think at some point, maybe it's a conspiracy, maybe it's not, but they said that the Earth's core either slowed down or stopped spinning at some It point. did, but, it, but what people didn't do was continue to read the article, which says the Earth's core does that, and then it spins it back the other back. way. Yeah, so, you know. Same thing with people talking about, you know, the uh, having COVID gives you the same immunity as getting immunized. It's like, yeah, huh? but getting immunized lessens the, uh, the chances of you dying from COVID. So, yeah. does stop you from getting shot instead of like just, you know, playing Russian roulette with COVID? Tim, go ahead and blow the whistle, sir. <sighs> Rubbing his hands together. He getting ready for this. All right, now that's enough out of you. You know what? Tee his ass up. Boy. <laughs> 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 These Milwaukee Brewers of mine. I understand that lately, arbitration hearings have been sided with the teams in the MLB. So for those who don't know, after you play a certain amount of time in the minor leagues and in the MLB, you have a number of arbitration hearings to increase your salary or your team can give you a long-term contract. 
if they don't want to give you a long-term deal, they have control over you still because of the arbitration hearings, which allows them and you to go and fight for your salary. We have a top three pitcher in the MLB on our team. Period. Period. Point blank. One to Cy Young two seasons ago. Not, not this past season. The season before. I'm sorry. We squabbling with him over $750,000. So instead of giving the man $11 million for a Cy Young award-winning top three pitcher in his prime in the MLB, we said, no, fuck that shit. You take this 10 and a quarter and be happy with it. So what he do? Yeah, I'm not really happy about this shit. No, that probably killed our relationship and this shit. So now Milwaukee more than likely will have to trade one of the best pitchers in the MLB, more than likely to some big ass market team like the Dodgers or some shit like that, because we didn't want to give him 750,000 extra dollars when he clearly will make gobs more, probably three times as much when he actually hits free agency. I don't appreciate the fact that we have a small market team. We got an owner who initially came in ready to spend, like, fuck that small market stuff. Like, I understand we're going to lose a little bit of money, but if we want to build a winner, we got to spend some money. So now we've had good talent. We trade them away for maybes <laughs> often. So the one time that you actually have a player who wants to stay in Milwaukee as a top three pitcher that's in his prime that just won the Cy Young in the MLB, you don't want to give him 750000 damn dollars that I know we got. And then we, well, they claim it we don't because we still got to get 150 plus million for the, for the repairs on the damn stadium. So now they talking about, y'all motherfuckers cheap. <laughs> y'all motherfuckers cheap. Y'all been cheap. And don't, I, don't hit me with the Brewers is relative to the No, no, no We've been living here We've been seeing how they've been pulling back And not giving money to certain people We lost our GM Who's been pretty much the, the, the catalyst of the resurgence Of the Milwaukee Brewers Because Probably because they cheat <laughs> We lost and traded One of the better players that we had last year And on his way out the door He said, yeah, my salary was probably a little bit too big I'm talking about uh, Hunter Renfro. Who? Hunter Renfro, yes. He said he, he I seen it coming. I, I kind of knew it was coming because my salary, I make too much money. If we traded him to save money, but don't want to give 750 of it to the new guy, not the new guy, the player that we should keep, what are we saving it for? You still asking for 150 bucket million for the stadium. What do, where are we saving this money? Why are we spending it on the guy? So I'm going to blow the whistle on the Milwaukee Brewers and they cheap asses. As Milwaukee say, pro cash, niggas. <laughs> Spend the goddamn money so we can have a contender because right now it's looking like you're in it to just have a team and that's win the chip. When we are playing this sport, we watch this sport, we love these teams to win a chip, to win a playoff series, to win games, to do things that make us happy to go spend money on the team or you wouldn't have to beg for 150 fucking million dollars for the stadium. They probably would have been able to get a petition or whatever like that. People would have been cool. But we don't have that. And we can't never have that. And Brewers probably won't ever be that relevant outside of what we had two, three years ago. Because we don't have the owner or owners who've been willing to actually spend the money to keep a really good team on the field.
for years so I'll blow it on them and I hope y'all asses open the pocket my thing about my thing about owners is always like if you're not willing to spend sell the fucking team like you don't buy a sports team as a money making endeavor like you spend to keep the team competitive like I don't know. I would think you bought the team because you like sports and you like the actual sport that you bought the team in. That you want to see that team that you bought. Like I mean, if like I bought he a never team, really had, he bought he bought the he bought the Brewers on credit, so like, he <laughs> never really had it. But my cousin said that uh, like, he also got a soccer team. He's part of the uh, people that's that's the ownership group for Norwich City, I believe, over in England. So he has a soccer team too. Where's this money at? Where is this money? Why are you asking for money? You buying other teams in England? <laughs> Where's the American money? What about the team over here on this side of the pond? On this side of the pond. I don't understand it. And then they want to give you the rigmarole of, oh, it's a small market, we lose money unless we sell out every game, which the Brewers pretty much do. They say every year they tell, oh, we got this money. Every year is record. Every year. Every year. We sold out this many. Please do better. There you have it. Mm-hmm. Last piece that we have on the docket for this evening is just mentioning the fact that WWE had the Elimination Chamber uh, event, live event. They don't call pay-per-views anymore because yeah. it's not pay-per-view anymore. It's not. It's Peacock. And Premium uh, live event. There you go. Peacock. Premium live events. Just how did you feel about the pay-per-view? When I is saw the main event and it cracked. That shit. Oh, all the feels for that main event. Oh my god, emotions everywhere. That was great. That was, that was the best part of the night. But the men's elimination chamber was very, very close. I'll say the last two matches of the night were outstanding. The men's elimination chamber match going into that main event with Roman versus Sammy was cracking way to end the show. I tell you that. That was some good entertaining wrestling right there Brock versus Bobby that was some bro stop putting matches on the cards of jobbing in two seconds bro why is it a two minute match on the card why is it even the what's the point what's the the, but they did say Elimination Chamber had the highest viewership in all in Elimination Chamber history it was like plus 52% in like uh, viewership this year from last year they had the biggest uh like ticket revenue at the box uh, at the gate and shit like that like everything about this elimination chamber was record breaking in WWE terms and mainly because of the main event yep (laughs) and it happened to be in Canada where Sami Zayn is a native it it was it was all it was alignment they built up to that yeah like they really did they they did their thing with that mother and they still building it they still building the motherfucker. There's more story to tell. At WrestleMania, it's going to be wild. It's going to be wild. Can, can I just say to all the, the smart marks who think that they're too smart to get worked? Like, you got work, bro. Like, you upset about the outcome of that match. You think WWE is just too stupid to capitalize on <laughs> this white hot story that they got going. Like, bro, they knew exactly how you were going to react to Roman the Wayne. decision that they made. They got you in like if you looked at it rationally, like no, they're not gonna change. They're not gonna end a nine hundred day 
championship reign on a B pay per view two months before WrestleMania. That's not going exactly. to happen. <laughs> Walk into the storyline so hard that you convince yourself that this was going to happen because Sammy's in his hometown and blah blah blah. His wife and family you there. Work, bro. Now you upset because you got work and you thought you couldn't get work. Now look <laughs> at you. All work. Oh my God! They did. They made the wrong decision. No, 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 no. He's been that guy for a while now. Because they got ideas for what they're going to do afterwards. Like, there's still more story to tell after this. Yep. And they want to keep you coming back. So they're not going to give you the gratification. Because, like, if, if Sammy wins there, then what's next? What is there to tell after that? There's always that. What's next? Hey. You got to have a reason to tune in on Monday. Mm-hmm. Mm. Should be fun. Oh, so congrats to Asuka. She's going to be placing Bianca. At what WrestleMania? Uh, Austin Austin Theory retained his title mm-hmm. for the United States Championship in the Men's Elimination Chamber. Ah, I can't wait! The Trumpets is coming back. He he'll be back uh, on the third. John Cena, he coming back to Raw. Mm-hmm. Oh, Malik was walking. Uh, was uh, singing his theme song. <laughs> he would have been a Cena baby. That's what he appealed for. But we That's good. That's what he appealed for. That's all we got for y'all here this week. It's time for me to go home. If you want to follow me on social media, you can catch me. Wait a minute. On Twitter, Instagram, PSN, Hogwarts Legacy Streets, <laughs> Apple Music, if you want a playlist or two, at Camille Monet. C-A-M-I-L-L-E-M-O-N-A-E. Appreciate y'all. At Bucks Burn Hunter. That's all you get. That's all you get. Uh, what was it? I still don't know this nigga. KHS216 on Instagram. I thought no, so. Tw- KHS216 on Twitter. Everyday underscore gentleman on Instagram. See, somebody know your ass. <laughs> and it's your boy, T-I-M-K-I-N-Z. The number three. A.K.A. Ass Catch'em. A.K.A. Mr. Give It To Me. We out this bit. Be easy. Peace out, y'all. <laughs> you and this be easy. Okay, T.I. <laughs> <laughs>